It's the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X92.9's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. It's Wednesday, June 1st, 2022. I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna. Both of us are here. We are together. For the first time in, what, almost three weeks? I think so, yeah. Wow, that was a long stretch. Yep. Well, it felt good to be back together today. Totally. Fun show. Mm-hmm. Friend of the show, Greg, just sent us a message, and he said he's always wondered in radio, when you're off, when you're off for the day, do you still listen to your to your show? Like, Yeah. And I guess it's, I said to Greg, it's very rare that you'll, I mean, you'll be in town and off and not working. Yeah. Uh, but on the rare occasions when it does happen, for me, I like to punch around to a bunch of different morning shows. Yeah. Because I never get to hear what our competition is up to because we're on the air at the same time. So yep. I'm like, oh, what are these guys doing? What are these guys doing? And then I'll pop in and see what you're talking about. And I just, I click around and I look to hear people talking. So Yeah. And again, I'm I'm never in town when I'm away. I'm always I'm always out of town. But yep. uh, for me, I will always have fun listening to the radio shows in, in different cities. So if yeah. I can catch a morning show elsewhere, I will do that for sure. Yep. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, no, I'm never, never here. So because I hear like you know you you'll hear the midday hosts at different stations, you'll hear the afternoon hosts at different stations. Yep. But it's a bit of a different dynamic than a morning show. So, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a cool opportunity to get to hear what, but also really weird to be listening to the show that you're normally on. Yeah. I did that a couple of days when I was off. I was like, that's weird. Sean is at work and I'm not. Yeah, so. <laughs> I know. It's a very weird concept. I'm in sure. my car. Yeah. A longer podcast today because I think it's all the segments that we can't do when it's just one of us. Totally. So if you like those recurring segments, there's going to be a few of them on today's show. Mm. Uh, we're going to talk about how the Red Mile parking signs have finally been taken down. Finally. Finally. Uh, what did you learn today is on here? Type of snobs. Buck and Dan make an appearance. Something that stores do to trick you into into slowing down and spending more. A, an interesting fellow that Shauna met in Costa Rica with some ties to the to Alberta. The whitest white girl song you can think of. Yes. Shauna's pilot had an odd voice on the way back from her trip. First, you're out of context. Clip of the show. Uh, no, just... Mm. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Shauna, can you remember all the different types of singing styles we have talked about over the no. years on this show? God, no. It all I started with what I had for breakfast, honestly. So <laughs> It all started with Yarling, right? Right. Yarling is the sound that was big in the yes. 90s for a lot of alt-rock bands. I still think that's so funny. That's great. Yeah. Then we talked about like the, the 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 wave of young, breathy female singers, like Lord. The whispering, yes, yeah. which yes. Uh, is a style that we named Lordling. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about some other ones too. You know, like really gravelly voices, like uh, Pete from July yeah. Talk, or like Tom Waits. We call for that sure. graveling. Uh, well, I have another one to play for you. Okay, I heard the other day. This time it's a type of rapping. The song is by Lil Nas X. Okay. Uh, it's called Industry Baby, and my boys both love it. The clean version. They're not allowed to listen to the one with all the swearing, but um, I'll just play this one part for you here, and you can hear what I'm talking about. Not this. This is the chorus. We'll lean it into it here. Right now. Mm. That's really funny. Like what? It's not words, those are mouth noises. <laughs> it sounds to me <clears throat> like, like he's in serious discomfort here. Like, uh, <sighs> yeah, he's, he's trying to launch a poop or... 
I said, it almost sounds like he's having a bad dream and talking in his sleep. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm picturing him just... <laughs> no, just... <laughs> Or again, if somebody was having a rough go of it in the washroom, you <laughs> walk by and you hear that coming up. <laughs> Please. Do you need some, do you need something in there? Like, be good, I swear. Oh my God. <laughs> what an odd oh, that is. vocal style. Eh? <laughs> he sounds like he's really... Wow. <laughs> like that, like he hurt his back or something and just, he's got to get up from the couch. Like he was in the studio and he was recording and then all of a sudden it was just like he, he stubbed his toe or something. And <laughs> they just, actually, I, that's good. That's, just, do more this. of that. Yeah. So uncomfortable. <laughs> it hurts so bad. My funny bones. <laughs> VNS in 20 minutes or less. When I was flying home the other day, Beckler, my, my pilot kind of threw me for a loop. Because we've talked before about typical pilot voice, right? Yeah. It's a lot of muffles and a lot of uhs and, and pretty low and unexciting voices normally, like just very quiet almost. And... It's vocal fry, I think, is what it is. Okay, yeah. That's the, that's the, the term for that. Right. It's like. Uh, good afternoon, passengers. We're yes. going to be arriving around. Uh, now, <laughs> this pilot that we had was very different, okay? And it was a voice unlike anything I've heard from a pilot before. And just in the way that it wasn't a ton of us and it was a lot more animated, uh, the thing is that he kept coming on the, the, the speakers and sometimes he had just want to sleep. And it got to the point where it's almost a little bit irritating because you're just like trying to nod off a little bit in the plane. Like I just want to. And every a little, time he, a little too happy on that mic, was then he? You get that ding, nonstop <laughs> ding, and he just keeps. But here's what he sounds like. Just it's it's kind of a unique voice. I like it. Oh, Wait a second. Try it again there. Okay, here we go. Oh, we're gonna come try one on. more time. We're having trouble with the board here. What's here happening? Much better day in Denver. And reports we're getting of the turbulence is very light today, so our hope is it'll be a relatively able to send into Denver. We should be right on time. New gate is B as in Bravo 11. It's your last opportunity to uh, get up and use the restroom. It's been a great pleasure having you with us today. Hope you've enjoyed this flight as much as we've enjoyed serving you today. On behalf of everybody here, thanks for coming aboard. By the way, I started recording that about uh, 45 <laughs> seconds into what he was saying. So he was just giving us the full-on lowdown there. He does have a great sound. What's he does. A southern accent it's on a, him. A and, nice little yeah. accent. And then again, like he's he's saying nice things and talking about the weather and how nice it is. And then just, you know, all the, I was like, wow, this is a lot of him. And he kept coming on this ding. And they'd be like, oh, by the way, if you look over to your left right now, you'll see, which again, great. <laughs> it's cool. But he was more of a, almost a tour guide than anything else. He just loves it. Hey, oh, like, what's he just, your favorite part about being a pilot? Yeah. Uh, definitely when I get to talk on the, on the microphone. And sure. I, mean, I guess if you have a voice like that, that's why you're like, I just want to hear myself one more time. But man, it's just very. <laughs> different than the pilots I've heard in the past. He's in the wrong line of work. He is. Yeah. He wanted, he wanted to be a star. Maybe he's <laughs> training for that, right? Maybe he's just like doing this and practicing up. He's like, somebody on the, one of these flights someday will hear my voice. <laughs> the BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I got a message from a friend of the show, Carrie, the other day. It was this video she had taken in a coffee shop. Yep. And the girl in front of her in line is aggressively tapping her foot to the song that's playing on the speakers in there. And Carrie said, is this is this the whitest white girl song of all time? 
And the song was... Mamma mia, here I go again. Oh, yeah. Mama, how can I resist you? Is that the whitest white girl song of all time? It's got to be up there. Yeah. It's it's a contender. It's definitely it a contender. contender. Yeah. If not that one, what would be? What would be? I'm thinking about this. I have my own pick. Okay. I think the whitest white girl of all. Because I'm trying to think, like, what's the song that when it comes on, say, like, at a wedding or something, or yep. and all the white people go nuts, and everyone who's not white is like, what the hell is going on here? Yep, I so, can think of a few. <laughs> this is the song that I thought of when, when this came up from Carrie. Hey. Some people just go nuts when oh that song comes God, on. Summer true. Nights from Greece. And then I just imagine everyone who isn't, especially maybe isn't from, from here or isn't white is like, what what is happening? Well, another one that I, I think of is this one here. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I can't picture hearing that song and not just having all the white girls or whatever. But be like, what is this? I like that one, too. Yeah. Also not a white girl. but Yeah. Oh, um, I asked this to McKenna, my wife McKenna. Yeah. Total white girl. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is the whitest? And she's like, well, it probably has to be something country. The whitest genre. Oh, so that's a good point. Oh, yeah. That is a good point. Country's pretty white. Yeah. Um, that's true. So what would be like a, a, a big enough country song that everybody would know? That uh, damn, and I'm not well versed of... enough in country to be able to nail down the the most white girl country song. So this is the one that we settled on. But... Cadillac, Cadillac, oh yeah, because you got the line dancing. Yeah, you know it's yeah, that's white. Yeah, I mean this is another one that I thought of, but it's just an honorable mention here. But... I was thinking about some of the big pop songs, but some of them are so big that Universal. they just like. Yeah, and that's the thing. They, and it's funny because when they came out is different than now, I think. Mm-hmm. Because now if you hear that song on a dance floor, like I can envision just the white girls coming out and everybody else being like, mm, no. But it's because yeah. enough time has passed. But the thing is, it is a universal song. So. For a song to get to number one and yeah. to be that big of a hit, everyone kind of has to be on board. Totally. Don't they? I yeah. thought of that too because I, I was talking to this, about this with my brother. He's a big music fan. And he said... He thinks he'd pick something by Taylor Swift. Yeah. I was like, but she's too big. Like, well, and I thought a Spice Girls wannabe, same thing. Just, but it's so massive that no, no. He was like, what about when Taylor was more country? Oh, what country about a song Taylor. like Tim McGraw or something? Because mm, then you're, yeah, that's that's white all around, isn't that's it? That's true. So, yeah, yeah, that's pretty white. The whitest, hottest, hot girl song. Well. Hi. The BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Well, based on, we got a bunch of messages about this with other suggestions for the whitest white girl song ever. And based whitest on the, the responses, there's one that we missed that should probably be number one. And you know what? I thought of her, but I just didn't think this song, I, I don't know why. We didn't put it together, but no. I think it's probably the undisputed whitest white girl song ever. Yep. Maybe you were even screaming at your, <laughs> at your podcast app there. Like, mm-hmm. why haven't they mentioned this one? Melissa, please... Drop the music. It was this song right here. Let's go, girls. Yeah, it's got to be it. Hey? Oh, my God. Just the it's let's go, girls it. alone makes it it. Shania Twain. Man, I feel like a woman. Mm-hmm. There's that joke online where this one girl, I forget who originally made the joke, but said when that song comes on, she could kick a door off its hinges. It's like <laughs> totally. Yep. And that girl is probably white. 
Oh, yeah. The BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I met this guy in Costa Rica last week, and he was selling these, like, awesome braided anklets and bracelets. And I'm a sucker for that stuff, so I got talking to him. And he mentioned that he used to work in Fort McMurray. And I was just like, oh, that's crazy. Like, small world. I'm from Alberta, and we got talking about, you know, living out there versus Costa Rica. And he was like, yep, I got off the rigs and moved straight here. And, I mean, I get it. Fort McMurray versus Costa Rica. Like, there's there's really zero comparison. <laughs> was he was he Canadian or Costa Rican? He was Canadian. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, he used to live in Canada. And I forget where, but, yeah, he was up in the rigs last. And then he moved to Costa Rica. And I was just like, talk about a career change. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, that's night and day. That is insane. <laughs> like, going from laying pipe in minus 50, working 50 hours a day and... It's hard, dangerous work now. Hey, man, you want to buy a bracelet? He's making he's making anklets for white girls now. Okay, like with little waves on them and stuff. Like I was just like, how did? What did you do? You woke up on the rigs one morning. We're like, you know what I'm gonna do? Yeah, I'm gonna start braiding bracelets. What is the furthest thing from this? He wasn't happy, and he's like, I need to do the opposite of this. Yeah, he just looked up opposite, and that's what he came up with. It was hilarious. That is hilarious. I don't know if I've ever heard of a career pivot that that that's that different. Like, really? I'm guessing he made more up north. Probably. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing he's probably also a lot less stressed and potentially happier now. Oh, he got the long hair going on and everything. Full out hippie now. He's where he should be. He sure is. Yeah, just selling these bracelets in all the night markets around Costa Rica. (laughs) My God, just thinking I was like, wow, that is is quite different. Good for him. Good for him. Good for that guy. He found his spot. Guess what? I bought some bracelets off of him too. Nice. Cheers. Good for you, man. (laughs) VNS in 20 minutes or less. Sean, I know you find this topic as interesting as I do, but the psychological tricks used in retail yes, to make you feel good, to get you to spend more money, to yep. stay longer in a store. There are so many. We've talked about quite a few of them in the past, uh, but my brother, te- he messaged me with one yesterday that I, I'd never heard of, and it's so involved that you, you stop and think, like, who would have come up with this? Like, how, how would they have even thought of this? Interesting. So here's Hit what he said. It. Some supermarkets use smaller floor tiles in front of the more expensive sections so that when you hear the click of your cartwheels increasing as you walk, you think you're speeding up and instinctively slow down to browse. That is the most insane thing I've ever heard. Like who? Wow. Who is sitting in a lab coming up with My this sort of thing? My God. So the tiles get smaller, the clicks tick, 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 and you think, oh, I'm walking a little too fast. I better slow down. Holy. Oh, what's this? Like, it's just... I'm going to go just wild. I'm going hunting for floor tiles after this because I need to see if this is the case in any of the, in the grocery stores. Around. I'm going to pay attention to it. Yes. Like, what would the expensive or more expensive sections be? Like the, the meat section, the, yeah. the expensive cheeses, that sort of thing. Yeah. I guess in the same vein, I was reading that some stores will use what they call speed bumps, which is like where they will deliberately disrupt your flow throughout the store so that you stay longer. They don't want you to just come in and rip through the place. So there will be like displays placed strategically so that you slow down Mm -hmm. and you spend more time in the store. That's the goal, right? Yeah. Yeah. My God. Even like the cart itself, I guess shopping carts used to be quite a bit smaller. I was going to say, why don't they just start automating the carts then? You can, you know, like your own little personal vacuum, just make it so they just stop you. (laughs) 
it basically works. replaces now. Like it sets the speed, like yep. a, like a ride at yep. Disney or whatever. <laughs> yep, just slows you right down, right in front of those expensive items. Oh, that's but probably the, coming. <laughs> the ticking of the cartwheels. That wheels. is ridiculous. Yeah, man. The BNS and Twenty Minutes or Less podcast. A sports writer, I forget who, but he uh, tweeted this last week, and I saw it, and uh, it says. So I confirmed today that the Blue Jays' loony hot dogs are from the 2020-2021 season. The Blue Jays signed a contract with Schneider several years ago and had to accept orders even if the team wasn't in Toronto. Of course, during that time, the team wasn't in Toronto, and they had to accept all these hot dogs. And now they're selling them? And now they're they're selling them. <laughs> Which for, for a loony? For a loony. So, yeah. I mean, it's up to you if you want to it's, roll the dice or not. I mean, they have these, like, loony dog nights and stuff, and I think they've had that promotion for quite some time, although maybe not, and that's just a beard because they need to get rid of these <laughs> old hot dogs. I don't know. Or does that also call into question the sourcing of the other hot dogs it's, when they've done this? Really? It's true. Like, they just get them real cheap. I mean, if they're frozen, they should yeah, last. Yeah, and I mean, it's a hot dog, right? Yeah. Like, people joke that it's all made of lips and anuses anyways, Honestly, right? But, yeah. oh, man, are they good lips and anuses. Oh. oh, I love a hot dog. Except now they're old lips and anuses, which means a little less desirable, I think. But <laughs> The animal this belonged to uh, died two years ago. Oh, God. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I was I was wondering what, you know, um, Blue Jays commentators, Buck Martinez and Robot Dan would think about all this. It's a beautiful night at the ballpark. Buck Martinez, along with Dan Shulman. Buck, you really need to try one of these hot dogs. Dan, those hot dogs are from two seasons ago mm. when the Blue Jays were playing in Buffalo. They taste like happy. The, the hot dog is green, Dan. <laughs> Mom always told me to eat my greens. Just a reminder that Tuesday night is food poisoning night. Fans who purchase a hot dog will have a chance to get stuck in the bathroom next to Dan ah, Schulman. So good. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. So I went into the liquor store by my new house for the first time yesterday. Yeah. It's not bad. Okay. Not great, but mm. not terrible in terms of selection. I mean, that's important, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But I saw, it's funny, I saw a comment online from someone recently, and they were saying that we're all a bit spoiled now when it comes to liquor store selection. It's true. So the craft beer revolution has done this to us. Because this person was saying that they remembered a time when you'd go into a liquor store and there would be, you know, a few domestics and maybe a handful of imports. It's true. And that was it. Yeah. And now if you go into a place and they have like less than a hundred different types of craft beer, you're like, well, this place is lacking. Right? Yeah. This, this is low end. It's totally so, true. I mean, we're all walking into these small town liquor stores with our noses in the air now, aren't we? We are. We're liquor store snobs. We are. Oh, yes. Can you direct me to the wines from the left bank of Bordeaux region? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, if your store isn't the size of a Costco, I won't even set foot inside. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, if the beer cooler isn't large enough to park a bus, it's clearly lacking. (laughs) Oh, you only have 46 aisles of wine? Well, that simply won't do. How am I supposed to live with such a limited selection? (laughs) Oh, yes. Excuse me. I've heard of all of these beers. Tell your purchaser to expand their horizons. Oh, I'm sorry you don't import craft beer from the uncontacted tribes from the North Sentinel region of India's Arab Islands, you amateur. (laughs) (laughs) 
The BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I got reading about the Yankees' hair policy. And for those that don't know, they're the one team in the MLB. I think they're the only team that have a very strict policy when it comes to, like, you have to be clean-shaven, you can't have long hair, that kind of thing. And that goes back to the Steinbrenner days, I think. Totally. Yeah. Well, I was reading about the original rule. So the original rule was this. No beards, no beads, no mutton chops, no long hair, no long stirrups. First of all, what's a bead? I don't like know. Like a bead in your your beard? Yeah, that wouldn't That's have been a thing. Good question. That. And what's a stirrup? Like, I know what mutton chops are, but what the hell's a stirrup? I've never even heard of that either. <laughs> are they referring to the... No, like the, is, that, is that the name of the, the socks? Like the the pants that go... But why would that be mixed in no, with the, the hair policy? Sense. They're just making stuff up it's here. It's very strange. No boxcars, no... Angles. yeah. No slip tanks, no Husker do's, no, yeah. no Husker don'ts. Oh Definitely my. no Husker don'ts. <laughs> Just make seriously. What? Just toss it in everything they can. I don't know. That's probably the name of some sort of hairstyle. We just no, no hairstyles. Okay, none, none at all. No, no stirrups, no beads. Yeah, no. Those aren't hairstyles. Like, what, Are they? Is it, I guess like maybe beads in your hair. Well, that's like, what I. That's what I said. Like, is it just that? Is that what it means? But I thought uh, we were still talking about beards. I don't know. We're talking about like. No, ever, I'm envisioning all of a sudden like necklaces and all that. Like no puka shells. No, hmm. it's weird. Fair anyway. Uh, the policy has been amended since then. It says all players, coaches, and male executives are forbidden to display any facial hair other than mustaches, except for religious reasons, and scalp hair may not be grown below the collar. So that's what it now says. Okay. So uh, I'm, I'm out. Yeah, I can't play for the Yankees. No. Also, I, when I first read that, I kind of misunderstood, and all I heard, or like when I heard mustaches, except for religious reasons, I was like, you can have a religious mustache, though? <laughs> No, I think you're reading that wrong. <laughs> I totally I am, but that's what I first when I first read it. I was envision it was pretty funny because now I went down the rabbit hole of religious mustaches. I'm like, Lanny McDonald's mustache is pretty close. Okay, if there were to be some sort of holy stash, it must be his. It's a Ned Flanders, right? That's right there. Yeah, it's beautiful. Your, your religious mustache. Your religious mustache. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, it's part of his beliefs, right? You can't shave that. Then I got thinking about religious mullets, and I was like, "Could you, could you have a some sort of?" Re- I just envisioned Terry. No, it's religious. You know, this mustache or this mullet. You know, so I've had it for a long your, time. Your religious mustache. Oh my god! I want to be part of that religion. Seriously. Uh, also, I was reading. This is funny, but uh, Don Mattingly, who was an old Yankee, I guess he had a mullet, and he refused to cut it for a very long time. So with these hair policies in, in in he was just like it doesn't matter I'm keeping my mullet <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny too that's that's why the Simpsons made those jokes when he's playing on the, the Springfield ice. no he's not the ice toe he's playing for the nuclear plants baseball team and okay. Burns is like Mattingly shave those sideburns and he's like listen Mr. Burns I don't know what you think sideburns are <laughs> but I don't have them <laughs> I didn't even, I'm not a Simpsons person, sorry. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Hey, hey, what did you learn today? I got this from my dad. So the Amazon River is like 4,500 miles or kilometers long. 4,500 miles or kilometers, I forget. Um, I can't help you with that. 4,300 miles, excuse me. So it's uh, arguably the longest river in the world, depending on how you measure it. Mm -hmm. There is not a single bridge that crosses it. Wow. 4,300 miles of river and not one bridge. That's crazy. Blew Obviously. me away. I was like, that can't be right. My, no. my dad told me that. And I was like, that can't be right. And I looked it up. He's right. There is not a bridge that crosses the Amazon River in 4,300 miles. By comparison, there are like 40-some bridges that cross the Bow River within the city of Calgary. Are there like Tarzan ropes or something instead? <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. Um, no, it's mostly like ferries and, and pontoons and stuff because... 
they said that it's so marshy on either side oh, yeah. that it wouldn't just be about building a bridge from one side of the river to the other. It would take quite a project. Makes sense. To make it stable in those those like those swampy lands around the river. So the other problem is that the Amazon River meanders and it changes course even season to season. I was going to say, the, yeah, like you'd imagine because it's so massive mm-hmm. that it would also go up and down a lot and like there would be tough to maintain any bridges on the yes it sure. would and like you, you build the bridge here and the river might move and then you got this bridge yeah. that isn't actually it, 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 they said it's just like for sense. how much work it would be mm-hmm. and for how much it would cost it's it makes more sense for the so people tarzan ropes instead to, probably a better idea to tarzan rope should it i suggest that right. to them? I'll, I'll, phone them, I'll phone them up <laughs> actually it's really funny when we were in costa rica i there were there were like vines hanging from because it's a jungle essentially, yeah and i wanted so bad to try and swing through on a vine, and I did not do Didn't it. Didn't try it? Uh, nope, mainly because everywhere that I saw the vines was where the snakes and everything are just hanging out. And I was like, hmm. I was going to ask you about the snakes, because when you were gone, yeah. someone told me that they were volunteering in Costa Rica, and they were, I think they were building a playground, and there was like a 20-foot snake sitting there. Yeah. Is watching. Them. Luckily, didn't see any snakes. Uh, you know they're there. They're everywhere. Uh, didn't see any. What I did see is a crab. Uh, many, many, many crabs, actually. Massive crabs that were all over the place. And one time at night, there was a crab that we heard rustling around in, in our, our hotel room when we were trying to sleep. And we were like, oh, there's a crab it was in, in here. in the hotel room? Yeah, it was in the hotel room. Turns out I had this open bag of chips. And at first, like, a friend was like, hey, don't worry. Like, there's a crab around. But I was too lazy to get up and try and find it at the time. Like, it's not going <laughs> to be able to climb in the bed. We're fine. So I fall asleep. And then all of a sudden, I hear it rustling in the chip bag. Next to my bed, and I was like, "The crabs in the chip bag now." Well, so I just let him have it. I picked (laughs) picked up the chip bag and took the whole thing and just put it outside the hotel room. Was like, "Problem solved. No crab left in our room. We're good." How big was the crab? Uh, It was a pretty small one. This one, it was uh, I don't know, like fifteen centimeters, probably twenty centimeters. Man, like I was thinking about that, like those snakes. If I saw a snake that size, yeah, I'd be on the first plane back to Canada. Hey, the crabs are cute. So. These ones are like, they're multicolored. Very pretty, really. Uh, anyway, so it was, it was fine. Yeah, didn't want to see a snake. No. Luckily, didn't see or a snake. Or grab it by the tail, so. thinking it's a vine, <laughs> like in a cartoon. Yeah, it's probably for the best. <laughs> I didn't try and swing like Tarzan. Uh, actually, speaking of Costa Rica, that's where this comes from as well. But we rented a car one day. And everywhere where we were, and at most places in actually Costa Rica as a whole, have speed bumps. Like, oh, really? But they're not painted, so you don't ever see them. <laughs> you and just it's, feel it. it. It's a known fact that if you drive in Costa Rica, they're like, watch out for the speed bumps that you won't see. And it's like, well, that's that's great. So a bunch of times we hit these things, and you don't see them, you're trying to like, oh, God, it's too late now. There's another one. Uh, but it, they're called muertos there, which means dead person. That's what they call the the speed bumps. Is like you're hitting a dead like, body in yes, the road? Yes, and you're hitting a dead body on the road. That's the word they use for speed bumps. Well, that's dark. It's very dark. Uh, it used to be uh, policia muerto, which means a dead policeman. Uh, they've changed that to just muertos now, but it's hilarious because people just say, like, yeah, it's a dead person. That's what a speed bump is there. You're like, oh. okay, alrighty then. You don't feel it till you've already hit it. That's... <laughs> Oh, yeah. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. When I got back into town, I was walking down 17th Avenue, and I noticed that all the Red Mile parking signs were still out. Oh, uh, when was this? Uh, this was Monday. Oh. Two days ago. And I, I'm not going to lie, I was like, um, that's that's got to be a, a bit of a source. I mean, it, it hurt my heart a little bit to see those signs out, and I was just like, you'd think that they'd try and pick those signs up as quickly as possible just yeah. to... 
you know, not remind everybody of like that. That's a long ways after the last game was. You know what that's I mean? That's a huge bummer. I feel that way when I see a car flag now. Like, Seriously. Get that thing out of your car. Like even a big flag flying. Get it down. I know. Just it's time. This is for now. And then uh, sure enough, yesterday morning I was sitting in the studio and I saw the city truck pass by and it was full of hundreds of those red mile signs just piled up high in the back of the city truck. And once again, hurt my heart a little bit. Like I was like. Could you not have put those in maybe a, a covered area rather than just driving around the city <laughs> with this graveyard of these red mile signs? <laughs> driving this wagon of sadness oh, around the city? they were all just like city? thrown in there, and oh, I was good. like, oh my God. Thanks just, for the reminder. Thanks for that once again. But at least finally they're being picked up. A, a few, good. A few days too late, I'd say. But put them away till next year. Hide honestly, them. Hide I was them just till like, next year. it's time to move on, okay? You're making this worse <laughs> for everybody. But I was thinking, I mean, now that I've seen the graveyard of... These red mile signs that perhaps we should send them off. Yeah. In proper Say goodbye form. to the red mile for another year. Yes, please. We are gathered here today to remember the red mile parking signs. The signs that were put up along 17th Ave to every playoff game. To remind people not to leave their cars should a massive celebration erupt onto the streets after a playoff win. The signs signified all exciting things. They meant our hockey team was competing for a Stanley Cup. They signified an exciting night ahead. These were the signs that told us prepare to party. And I mean, if, if those signs could talk, they talk of massive crowds and endless high fives, tipsy fans and exposed breasts. Some illegal parking too, probably. Probably even the odd wiener. But alas... Flames have exited the playoffs. The party has ended. Those red mile signs have been put to bed for another year. On the plus side, they'll be back next year. They're just going to be dust off. Hopefully. Is there like a warehouse where they keep them all? Which is really sad. Oh, my God. In the dark. I know. (laughs) Just the way they were even in the truck. It was just like, (laughs) oh, just tossed in there. Like, I'm just. Haphazardly. Oh, my God. Just all over the place. Legs up one way. And I'm oh, God. Sorry. Heckler, do you. Do you have a musical I do. tribute for us? Okay. I don't know how this is going to go, but... Okay. Fine. When you're red miling, when you're red miling, the whole world red miles with you. Well, kind of went the way of the flames. The BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. A Calgary Heritage Moment. If you've ever been down Stephen Avenue, you've surely passed the old Heritage Building at 110 8th Avenue Southwest. A number of businesses now occupy that building, a great pub in the Baron Kilt and an excellent restaurant in Klein and Harris to name a few. But it's an old character building that has stood in that spot since 1891. The building was originally erected by a prominent businessman by the name of James Ashdown. Ashdown was born in England but raised in Ontario where he first became a tinsmith moved around the U.S. and then into Winnipeg, where he bought a small tinsmith shop, later expanding it into a hardware store. Ashdown then realized there was a significant need for hardware across the prairies as the population started to boom, which is when he expanded into Calgary. First purchasing an existing hardware store known as the Calgary Hardware Company, he eventually had his own store built, this old building that still stands on Stephen Ave today, and he renamed his business Ashdown Hardware. Ashdown's business continued to grow while he embarked on many other ventures along the way. By 1910, he was already a millionaire, which, with inflation, means he would have made more than $30 million by that point. The building that Ashdown built represented his success, a large building with big round arches and rough-cut masonry, a style of architecture meant to emphasize the building's grandeur. 
This was the start of Calgary's transition to sandstone buildings from wooden ones, as these would last much longer and were much hardier in the winter. The sandstone buildings are also quite elegant, which, when you walk down Stephen Ave, you can really appreciate. Unfortunately, this is one of the buildings set for demolition with the new proposed Calgary development downtown. Part of this quote-unquote downtown redevelopment means that many of these old historical buildings would at least be partially demolished. The outside facade of this building is expected to remain, however, but the rest of the building would be torn down, and Ashdown's legacy will be but a shell of its original structure. This has been a Calgary Heritage Moment. You've been listening to the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS in 20 Minutes or Less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.